Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. That is me. And I have nothing else to say. Well, <laughs> great. Happy Valentine's Day, I guess. I guess. I mean, it doesn't mean anything for when people are hearing this, because it was several days ago, but we're recording this. This is what happens when you've been together uh, 16 years and 362 days, as we've currently been together. How many days is that? Hold on. Let's, too many. Let's, no, 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 no. It's sh- too many sh- days. Sh- shame out. So sixteen. But you're not you're not incorporating like leap leap years and stuff in there. So give or take, plus or minus. No, hold on. So how many leap years have there been? So this I don't is a leap know, year, right? Man. This is a leap year, right? Yeah. So 24, 20, 16, 12, 8, so plus five. We've been together six thousand. 207 Ooh. days. That's about 6,000 days too many. That sucks. Oh, man, that's <laughs> me. As I was talking to, um, I wish, a uh, friend of the show, former guest on the show, Andrew Zangry, uh, happy birthday. His birthday is Valentine's Day. Make your jokes if you know him. Um, I was talking that's to him on the phone. That's me, though. <laughs> I was talking to him on, the, uh, on my way home from work today. And, you know, we were catching up on each other's lives, and I was like, oh, yeah, and then, you know, same when I... Next weekend, are getting a much long-awaited date night, which we haven't had. I couldn't tell you how long um, to celebrate our. You yeah. know, we've been together seventeen years. Oh, He's God. like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "Yeah, I know, right?" <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Fuck you both, man. What the fuck's that? No, me? he did, he didn't mean it negatively. It's just like that's a big number, you know. Like he's he's barely been with a woman for seventeen minutes, little in seventeen years. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so. I mean, why, why you keep talking? You just keep dwelling on it. That's all he. That's uh, honestly half of those years is what it's been is just dwelling on the fact. How many fucking? That's what you went to get up for earlier was you went to go get Hershey's Kisses. Yeah, but they're probably different flavors. They taste weird. Yeah, I don't want them. There's something on the wrapper. Let me see. Oh, it's a cherry. <laughs> I guess that serves me right. Yeah, that's the. Uh, also, you're eating Jillian's Valentine's. She's not gonna eat them. She's like chocolate. I know it's very true. So. Trying to also, you gotta be grateful. careful because depending on what Kitty gave her, they may be like poisoning her. Oh my gosh! Shut up. Uh, we won't go into it. Uh, if you're new here, Look, we watch. Jillian is we a watch seven-year-old movies. girl. Yes. Okay. You you go. First. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. What I what I say is important. Uh, oh my god! No, it's we not. watch movies and we talk about our lives. Uh, the end. That's the podcast. And we have a daughter. Yes. She's a seven-year-old girl, and so she's already starting to go through stuff, which that's great. Really looking forward to it. She got in trouble for saying boobies at school. Because it's inappropriate. She shouldn't have said it. I don't think she should have got in trouble, but she shouldn't have said it. But well, she also didn't say like the word boobies. She was, uh, she was like using her imagination and telling a story and was talking about a girl showing her boobies. So I still don't know. I still don't understand what the fuck happened. But um, Lo- okay. But it's really it's just a dynamic. Her and this other girl don't really get along, and they needle each other. But only when 
another girl is there, so... Yeah, typical female horse shit. Mm-hmm. As evidenced by every single time we do a podcast, and you're like, I think the LVP is the girl. I don't say that. <laughs> you didn't say you don't sound like that, though, so that's good. Well, no, I probably <laughs> do sound like that. Right now, when you got the fucking Hershey Kisses all smacking in your mouth. You want one? No, I don't want one. No, because they're going to be cherry. No, here, it's fine. It's good. You'll like it. They literally have cherry on the fucking wrapper. I thought that they were hearts. No. Like for Valentine's Day. No. Yeah, they're hearts. They're not cherries. They're fucking cherries. No, it's not. No, well, no, that's a strawberry. Or strawberry, sorry. That's what I meant. Well, eat it. No, I don't like strawberries. Try it. It doesn't taste like that. It tastes like chocolate. Don't get it lost in the couch. This is why we don't celebrate Valentine's Day anymore. This is why we don't celebrate a lot of things anymore. Because I can barely tolerate you. You love what are you me. What sticking your fucking finger in your mouth for? What are you doing? God, if this was a visual podcast, we would be rich and famous. Because people would just be like, how do we deal with this? And that'd be, I don't that'd, know. The humor would just escalate. I don't know if that's true. Uh, another week in the books um, for us. But 2024 has not been great. We... We had a, a seven-year-old birthday party on Saturday, which are my favorite activities. We had the Super Bowl. Uh, we had uh, all kinds of stuff going on. And then we'll be in Miami. The, the sub- well, when you're hearing this, we're in Miami. Then we have stuff, 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 stuff. Never ends. S- never fucking ends. Uh, but we are managing to find time in between all that stuff to uh, watch movies for the podcast. We haven't watched anything else. Uh, it's new. It's the doldrums of the uh, the winter movie season. Did see a lot of good trailers, though. We should talk about the trailers we saw. Sure. For the Super Bowl, um, got the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer, which Very excited, excited for. I'm fucking yoked for Twisters. Twisters looks. Tight. Of course you are, dude. Give me fucking the guy who directed Minari with Glenn Powell and. Uh, the one guy from Nope and uh, somebody else in there. I'm like, hell yeah. Um, yeah, give me fucking Twisters all day long. I might have to nominate Twisters so we can watch it before. Oh my gosh, okay. It's <laughs> a good idea. Let me, let me write just in big capital letters up here, Twister. And I'll put a movie I know you hate, so we have to watch Twister. No, I'm purposely not going to pick Twister. I'll find something. Because you're so more. excited to watch it. I'm going to just fuck you over. That's what marriage is, isn't it? Just make you miserable. Yeah, but you don't have to do something additionally mean to make me more miserable than just wallowing. More miserable? I said more miserable. You said more miserable. You know what's going to be admissible? This podcast when I strangle you to death. Well, yeah, you're going to go to jail. It's fine. And then I'll do uh, incarcerated with movies. (laughs) Right? I get to bring my movies to jail. That's how jail works. I get to bring all my movies with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get to bring 2,000 movies with you to jail. (laughs) That's it. That's right. Hide them up your ass, you fucking idiot. Well, we could hide them in your mouth, but, you know, you'd be dead. Anything else before you get started on the, on the movie for the day? No. I think it's your turn to read. No, nothing Nothing else. It's your turn to read, correct? Yeah, it is my turn to read. Today's uh, movie is from our uh, Pick 'em Off series. Every time we nominate movies back and forth, movies that don't get picked go into a list. That list got too big. Now we are trying to... Uh, pick it off. Pick those movies off and make that list lower. Well, I'm gonna... So today's movie is uh, Fall Station. Okay. <laughs> 
Every step brings you closer to the edge. Filmmaker Ryan Coogler makes his feature directorial debut with this drama centered on the tragic shooting. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? We're recording a podcast and your phone isn't off. Go ahead. You're fucking rude. Matt Levin's fault. Well, fuck you, Matt Levin. Okay. Um, With this drama centered on the tragic shooting of Oscar Grant. Michael B. Jordan, a vibrant 22-year-old Bay Area father who was senselessly gunned down by BART officers on New Year's Day in 2009 and whose murder sent shockwaves through the nation after being captured on camera by his fellow passengers. Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer, Melanie Diaz, and Kevin Durant co-star. I thought that was like Kevin Durant for a second. I, I was like, what? Be- Kevin Durant is not in this movie. That's yeah, two. Yeah, I kind of... Yes, the senselessly gunned down by BART officers was clunkier than a toaster being thrown down the mm-hmm. oven. Down the steps, I should say. Um, so cool. So I was only up one, and now I'm back up three? Mm-hmm. And you almost you almost had three there in the activity of Spencer section. So that's that's not good. It's fine. It's fine, because you're going to mess up. What, what are you at now, though? Uh, 19. At 19? Ooh, it's getting close. Sure. I'm getting not worried. Close. Because you can never handle the pressure, so... I've literally only lost this once. And ever through, since... Through cheating. No, I was going to lose it anyway. That's why I cheated. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> but sure. ever since, sure. I've been... Uh-huh. You're a bad person. Demolishing you. You're a bad person. Just like I demolished you in the Mullet Awards. Or could I, I let you in. Slash the mullets. I let you in. Just like I beat you in the game, the game challenge. Like, what, what do I you... I let you what in. Do you, what do you... Like, at a certain point, though. Because I just let you in. Mm-hmm. So you could feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. You have because you're intolerable done that otherwise. Once in your life that you know of, I know I haven't. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? Mm. I just mean the. Okay. No, that's fine. I'm like, stop recording. <laughs> you're like, Bang. all right, fine. Fuck you. Fuck you. Bye. Um. So I believe this was a movie that you nominated. Yeah, it is. But you're never gonna know. Way back when. You're always gonna have that thought. No, I, I don't think Did about I you let at you all. In? No. Oh, that's. Such a lie. No, I don't think about you doing anything because you're too way too fucking competitive. Mm-hmm. I'm not as competitive as you, and I would rather. Well, that's not true have because I deal- win all the time. So I would rather not have to deal with you being a mm-hmm. sourpuss, sore loser, crybaby, asshole. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, go ahead and tell yourself period. that. Go ahead okay. and tell yourself that. Okay. I say as I remember last night when you uh-huh. beat me in a Jackbox game and I and turned you, all the lights off. Yeah, <laughs> you left me sitting in the dark. Because you lost it at a game. Uh-huh. Well, because I'm better at you. No, but you're not. Well, not you only not, think you are. No, because I, I let you think you I are. I know that I am. Okay, but Chris. There are, cha- there are sure. times when... That's why you're still talking about it. In the immortal word Hey, of, hey, come on now. What? Stop being on your fucking phone, I bro. I'm fucking notes. I'm getting my notes for the podcast. It just so happened that friend of the show, Steve, was texting me. About, oddly, okay, so this is weird. This is very, very weird. We may have to call him right now. (laughs) Or call him at the end of the show. Um, And I'll tell you why when we get there, okay? Uh, You made me lose my train of thought. What was I saying? No one cares. I'm better than you. Uh, I'm glad we're having this this rapport and this uh, comedic back and forth with one another. Because it'll be the last. 
Yeah, a funny yeah, thing we discuss on this podcast. Yeah, we're not going to have a lot of fun on the rest of the, the show. The only thing I was going to uh, say that could be funny was that every time I've typed the, the word fruitball on my phone, it it's autocorrects the fruitcake. Yep, that's the only funny thing about it. Which I this. think that was a board game made by Parker Brothers in 1992, Fruitcake Station. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I think this is only the second time I've seen this movie. We saw it in theaters, because uh, yeah. it had a lot of buzz uh, at the time. Um, then this is pre-everything Ryan Coogler, namely Creed and um, the Black Panther films. And this was as Michael B. Jordan was still on his ascent to the A-list star that he is. I think Chronicle was before this, and obviously Friday Night Lights and The Wire was before this. But this kind of really... Cemented him, I think, as as a as, as a, a up and coming prestige film actor. actor. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then he did the fi- Fantastic Four movies. A, a, a bit of a, a bit of a hiccup. Then, you know, he, was able to, he was able to respond. We're also recording today the Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah, so that's now. why that made me think of it. Ooh, baby, I've I have never been so in on something from casting immediately like I was for that today between. Fucking good old Richie from the Barry Bond Moss Barack. I don't probably butchering that. I think I you know in the back of the box. You absolutely thing. Yeah. And then um, Eddie from Stranger Things being Johnny Storm. That's just a good. I mean, yeah, Pedro Pascal's great. Vanessa Kirby is great, but you know, those are the two. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be. It's so gonna be sick. Dope. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, what did you think about this movie? Look, this is a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. I think I said it when we saw it. Um, I say I'll say it again. I was hysterical through this movie. This movie came out in two thousand and twelve. I think. I think you are correct. Two thousand and twelve, right? So actually, I actually think it's later now. I think it's twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. I'm looking it up. All right, at least ten years ago. Yes. And. It, 2013. 2013, okay. So, you know, 10 years ago, more or less. Um, and like you said, it's not an easy movie. It's not that it's not an easy movie. It's not an easy subject matter that it deals with. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get more into that. But this movie is just, it's so well acted, so well directed. Um, I'm just enthralled with how, and I remember seeing this in theaters and just being enthralled with how Ryan Coogler tells a story. And it's like, um, kind of like a day in the life, right? Like it's this snippet of this dude's life and the good and the bad and the tragic and everything that comes out of it. And I think it's just... It's so well done. There's not... It's... There's not a... Unnecessary... I don't think that there's an unnecessary thing that happens in this movie. I think it's all very thought out and very purposeful. And I just really enjoy... Enjoyed watching it and just... Getting the glimpse into this and... Yeah, I mean, it's like the saddest thing, and it's the saddest thing that this happened in 2009. This movie came out in 2013. 
And over the last 10 years since then, there have been countless unnecessary police it's brutality. It's gotten so you much worse, worse, you know, um, and specifically with like the, the Black Lives Movement, um, Black Lives Matter movement and everything. It, it's devastating that it gets to this point. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I just, it, it was a powerful movie. So yeah. I really like it. I am. Um, it's a great movie. I don't think I want to watch this again. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's hard. It's it, it's what it's not a rewatchable movie. And I was like, as we were watching, I was like, damn, this is good. But like, why have I not like like why have we not watched this again? And then like the last like fifteen minutes. Yeah, like, it's oh, like yeah, oh that's yeah, right. that's why. So I mean, the, I mean from the beginning, which to me is a very inspired choice that I I don't think I necessarily make is the movie starts with, with like the real the life real footage. life like phone footage of it. So you kind of know, oh, like, man. obviously you know. Where, you set that tone right away, though. Like, oh yeah, like you you feel it. I feel like it would almost be more powerful later instead of like the first thing you see, because then you just have this impending sense of doom, like the entire time throughout the movie. Purposeful, Not, but it's yeah, like purposeful. But, it's like dead man walking kind of thing. You know, I think like that was the choice that that Coogler made, and I think it was. Made really well because you see such hope and inspiration and optimism. And it's like, for what? Like, why? And it's so tragic and heartbreaking. I think it juxtaposes a lot of, like, just the day-to-day. Like, you know, he's helping out this stranger at the grocery store. Make sure she can make a a fish fry, right? Like, all this stuff. Like, you see, like... You know, the dog getting hit by the car and, like, his reaction to it and everything. Like, I just feel like it makes everything so much more pronounced and powerful because it's, like, I mean, it's just tragic. Like, no matter how good this person's soul is, you know, no matter how many people, like, I I hope God forbid something happened to me. There would be that many people in the waiting room at the hospital waiting to see how I was, you know, people mm-hmm. who love me and whatever. Like, you know, you touch that many, those many lives and like one, you know, careless, purposeful <laughs> or not purposeful. Um, that's a different story. Um, you know, thing, it, it's just tragic. I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked that choice. Of showing it, and then it's like, then you see everything that led up to it. I, I think my my biggest gripe or complaint about the movie, not that it's a major one, is well, there's two of them. Number one, it's gonna fall into the same broken record stuff. I always say, you know, it's it's less in this regard in terms of like other quote-unquote biopics is because this is more of a slice of life yeah and yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, exactly. I'm like i'm not i'm not gonna go down a rabbit hole or research like the legitimacy legitimacy of the day that he died to see a dog get hit or the day that he died you know the woman that he helped at the supermarket is the person that kind of accidentally blew up his spot on the subway like those things are obviously probably dramatized for the sake of you know the the the, the viewer at home to make their connections but I, 
I understand and I get the purpose behind all the it seems to kind of pile on to build to where we're going Mm -hmm. to this like gut punch of an ending um and it makes me think of the ending of get out a lot because the ending of get out was originally supposed to be very very different in that when at the end of the movie when uh Chris is choking Rose, and the and the car shows up. It's not supposed to be Rod. It's supposed to be an actual fucking police officer. And the end of the movie is Chris getting arrested, and Rod going to see him, and Chris being like, "It's okay, like I stopped it." And it's just like him incarcerated, and it's like, "Fuck, that's just how the fucking world is, yeah. right?" Like that yeah. sucks. It sucks. And there was a realization of Jordan Peele is like, "We can't do that. There needs to be like." a glimmer of hope or like it didn't serve the story justice granted different genres but i think about that a lot in terms of the ending of that movie and like how i think much worse it would be in that context obviously this being based on a true story it's different what i was hoping for was at the end of it all there being a little bit more of a a hope and a shining light. I know. I get it. I, I but like, fucking, but for why? Why? Know, for what I reason? I know because if you don't, then if you don't, then, that, what? then what? It's the reality of what our world is today for the last fourteen years. What I'm meaning to say is, if we're going to take liberty liberties to get to the journey to get the message behind, I don't see what the point is to give a minor liberty or a stylistic choice. To at least have even a modicum of light at the end of the movie. Instead of the movie ending with his death and it being like drawn out. Like five to ten minutes of, you know, him being worked on and them in the waiting room and them reacting to it. And the shower and then the daughter saying, where's dad? And then it cuts to like the real world stuff. Like, the real tributes, the real tragedy behind it, and then, like, his real daughter being sad, and that scene of the movie, like, yes, that's real, and it sucks, and it's powerful. But if you're going to make a movie, at the very least, again, I'm making this out to be a bigger complaint than what it actually is. I think there needs to be a message or a sign of something. And it's not there. Um, so it le- leaves you with this like total gut punch of a fucking movie and it's rightfully heavy and it's rightfully wild and it unrightfully happens all the fucking time. Um, but to do that and to reach people, you know, it reaches us because we're fucking smart <laughs> and it reaches us because we understand, we get it. But think of no. how many millions of people saw this. I know. And it's just going to leave them like, well, that was depressing. And then they just kind of walk away. Right. And, and they know. go about their day. Yeah. And so they, don't, they don't feel. Yeah. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of it more so in a, a big overarching picture. And, and I think it's something that he kind of has learned, Ryan Coogler, as a filmmaker. And I think that's why, I think it's also kind of putting him on a pedestal. I, I've said this in previous podcasts or in other conversations. 
I really think based on his trajectory and his youth, I think he really could be one of our greatest living filmmakers because he's got the world ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, now that he's, I think, kind of getting out of the, the Marvel uh, and like the franchise stuff uh, again as well. But it was kind of jarring to see this movie and where his other movies are because even in a movie like Wakanda Forever that I'm not a fan of, um, a movie that, sure, it's in this machine and, you know, it's this big CGI blockbuster, you know, kind of movie. It's still centered around fucking loss and grief and, you know, it's an inherently very depressing and sad movie. Sure. But in, in Creed is also a, a movie that touches on that, but he has a really good way of inspiring and finding the light in the situations that he's making films off of. So for this to be his first movie and then him kind of growing, not necessarily growing as a filmmaker, I think he has grown as a filmmaker, but having those movies be a little bit more of a beacon of hope, inherently they're going to be so. I wish he had that sensibility for this as well. I respectfully disagree. Uh, it's, it's, so, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I it's just... A, it's a discourse, it's a conversation. I, I mean, it. I think, yeah, I just think it, it was really well done. and I think, I'm not saying it wasn't well done. I, I, just, I, 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 I would personally think the movie would be more successful and I would enjoy it more if there was something... Minuscule. But what? Like what? He lives? No, no that's not no, what no. happened. Not what I'm but it, but I'm but I'm saying like there was a lot of those beacons of hope and those glimmers throughout the movie. You know, like sure, sure but... he got dealt a shit hand in life, right? And he got fired from his job, whatever. But also He's trying to turn himself around. And I think I think where that like glimmer or that beacon was in this movie was the scene where um he like talks the store owner into letting the girls in to go to the bathroom and then the the couple comes by the pregnant woman and he like talks them in and talks the store owner into letting her go in and then he's talking to the other guy and like that is that beacon like the stars aligned in that moment and he had such brightness ahead of him and I think, like, that's what it was. He's like, oh, oh, shit. Like, there is something else that I could do rather than deal drugs or fuck up or whatever. And he talked to somebody who, arguably, complete opposite of him, older white guy, right, who seemed to have everything together, mm-hmm. but had been where this guy was, stole the wedding ring he, or the engagement yeah. ring or whatever. I think, like, that was the purpose of that scene, to give that beacon and then tragedy struck, and it was taken away see, as, as it as it does. See that moment, and other moments in the movie, I agree with you. They're glimmers and beacons of hope, but I feel like they're manipulative in in leading the audience along into hoping for something else to happen, for it to just be ultimately what the feeling is is that like there's there's no escape from this. Um, whether that's intentional or not, you know, it's it just makes it a hard watch. No, no differently not than the, uh, right. No, it's not supposed to be an easy watch. No differently than you know a, a plethora of movies we've we've covered on the podcast. That's just me yeah. putting my analysis. I mean, you, you're not kind of, you're not going to watch Schindler's List and hope that uh, something different. Uh, right, but 
I knew I knew, I knew I was going to bring it up as a as an example. But what, how does Schindler's List end with a a moment of realization as to what actually happened? That's a that's an extreme case because that's a full fourth wall breaking of people putting you know roses on Schindler's grave and the actor that played Schindler like that that's that's an extreme case. You know what I mean? But um, but like those things like that did help. Like that does help give you a sense of contextualizing what has happened and where we have gone is like, look at the work that they did, you know? Sure. But again, that, that, that's a different, that's a different case. Um, that's not to say, like I've been saying this whole time that I don't think this movie is, is great. I mean, Kugler's directing is the real standout to me in the entire movie. Like you see from his first, feature length film like he just fucking has it he like he gets it he, he just gets it he has a certain style to him like i love the um obviously he's known for kind of like some longer takes and his ability to kind of put the camera and move it um in a way and, for action scenes but let alone even for just like small little dramas like this yeah, that mean a lot that perspective yes is... and then also like the the visual, the visualization they put into it, like anything that's on the phone, like the text messages, like mm-hmm. it's just different, and different is exciting, and yeah. it's the kind of thing you don't normally see in a in a small little movie like this. So that's you know, it, it was welcomed and really really good. Something I was going to mention before, when you were talking about, um, you know, the moment for Oscar that. Uh, you know, is like the glimmer of hope and whatnot. And you're talking about, you know, all the raw deals that he's been handled and like what's happened in the past. Another thing I really appreciate about the movie is that while all that is true, what you said and what we see, the movie also makes sure to still vilify him in a way. Absolutely. And make it clear that he is incredibly flawed and has made mistakes. It is established Amelia movie that he had cheated on his girlfriend. Um, he has this temper and has this ability. Ow, my ear just fucking popped. And that was weird. Um, he has this ability to, it's, oh, it's in this inability to restrain himself in, in moments mm-hmm, of confrontation mm-hmm. or escalate to a point where it's about to be like when he's, you know, when he's yelling and speaking in, you know, vulgarities to the person he's basically asking to get a job back for. Right, exactly. And not, and not understanding, like, his surroundings and his situation and, and being cognizant of... It's like he ha- It's like his flight or fight mode is triggered, but he has no flight right. in it. It's just like there's a trigger and it's fight only. It's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like in Back to the Future. Like, Marty McFly gets called a chicken and he, like, he reacts Part like... Two. Make sure. Well, okay. <laughs> but you knew what I meant. No, um, I know. But, you know, like, it was just like, it's that trigger. And the same, and it happens a couple times throughout the movie, too. It happened, like, in the jail scene, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it happens, know, it happens, happens there. a few different times. The grocery store scene is, is the best example of it. Because it's a, it's a flat, it's a full-blown dichotomy in terms of, you he's, know, in one moment, he's kind of just being, like, you know, with his boy. Right. And working. And then he immediately kind of turns on the charm and the helpful, kind, yep, yep. thoughtful ask. And then he goes, once he notices the person he needs to speak to, yep. and when things don't go his way, he's immediately ready immediately to like... Immediately ready to fight. Yeah, like to like be this hard-nosed, you know, kind of brash, right. 
guy. And then he slips right back into, mm-hmm. you know, being this, the sweetheart, the essentially. charismatic. So that's yeah. the best case of it. And then, like you said, it also happens in the flashback uh, in jail. And then, of course, it, it happens, um, not really necessarily his fault in the end, on the subway itself when, you right. know, the rival gangs kind of... Yeah. You know, that what is the the causing uh, effect for everything that kind of goes on from there. But, um, yeah, it's, I, it's very easy for this movie or a movie like this to just gloss over the, Absolutely. the, not the root cause, but no. some of the, the, I think you can, I think it's fair to call it a root cause. No, I, I think I, I again, I didn't go like deep into the legitimacy of, like what happens here, um, but I mean, but I but I think in his final moments he was not necessarily an instigator in anything that happened. He was a victim of circumstance, and as as most as most tragic deaths in that mirror the same manner are. I think I think in most yes there are there are I, cases I said where, most yeah yeah I the, said yeah. most yes I I'm not saying that every single instance is unwarranted or they're not instigators or anything like that but you know it's there's a lot of them that they're like this they're calm they're docile they're trying to speak and be heard and are not um and are mistreated from the beginning it's an immediate it's an immediate pigeonholing into absolutely a stereotype or a belief or Or a, a a model or a mode. It's that's unwarranted. Just, yeah, that's just totally inappropriate. Totally um, inappropriate. But, Un, but is an unfortunate reality, and I. It just makes me so sad. Yep. <laughs> that it's a reality that exists in this world. It also made me sad when the movie started seeing the Weinstein Company logo and yes, name like four yes, or five times. It's I always know, a great. I know. I know. Great way to start that's, the movie. I'm like, yay, fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's not a common complaint of mine that I wish this was longer. Like, it is a, a brisk hour and twenty five minutes, mm. and like a scene like the flashback with him in jail and him talking to his mom. I felt like if we gotten more of his background. Um, more of him younger, more of him making mistakes, or more of him even on the flip side of it doing good things when right. he was you know younger, even in the present day. I mean, I, I get we're just capturing twenty four hours essentially in his life, but um, it's it's good for a movie to make me feel and want more. Absolutely, and this movie does does do that, um, especially when there's a couple other things I already mentioned, like the stuff with the dog. Like, that's a little heavy-handed to me. Like, again, I didn't go down, like, the rabbit hole of researching it, but, like, there's no fucking way that happened that day. And, uh, you know, whatever symbolism or whatever they're, like, aiming at here, you know, not, you know, it's take it or leave it um, with me. And I wanted more stuff, like the, the dinner scene with his mom, like that whole stretch of just them being a family and kind of connecting and seeing them interact with one another and mm-hmm. celebrating is is just simple and, and lovely and I wanted more of that stuff. If I think that I got more of that stuff up front 
I think I would have been able to tolerate the lack of it at the end of the movie. Does that make sense? I wanted more I wanted yeah, more levity just from an entertainment aspect because there's only so much that you can kind of take. Especially because you are going to get just this all these little things that lead to what happens at the end like his mom suggesting to take the train right. is a fucking gut punch. Gut punch. His Him, girlfriend saying like she like, wanted to go she out. She wanted to go and he Him, wanted to stay Him home. saying like hey let's just stay in. Him on a chance encounter meeting the one person that knows his name that could, you know, that could cause what happened to happen. Right, right, exactly. Like all those things lead to it in this like really like awful and terrifying way. Um, and then just like not foreboding, but the naturally traumatic in hindsight conversations like him and his daughter's last conversation when, you know, he's trying to get her to, to go to bed. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a dad and daughter movie, so I'm already fucked up from it to I begin know, with. I know, but it's like, my gosh. Trust like... me, it's, it's my biggest fear is I make sure, like the last thing I always say to Jillian before I leave, before I go to bed, before anything fucking happens, I'm very cognizant of every single fucking time. Um, because I, I, I don't want the final impression to be something that's that's awful. It's, it's like my biggest fucking fear in life. It's just so terrible. Yeah. And But I mean, like, to be like a 22-year-old guy, like, that's, that's not the first thing that you're thinking of. You know what I mean? No, of course and not. And the fact that... It's not like we're we're not even middle aged yet, you know, and like for that to be something that's always on our mind, it just <laughs> kind of talks about. I mean, I think that kind of talks about how like society is and how like not descent not decent, not desensitized. Yeah, to it, but like so cognizant of it, like you know, it's like you could be one extreme is super desensitized. The other extreme is like you're super cognizant and aware of it. Like God forbid something could happen at any time, and it's tragic. I mean, anything could happen at any time, anyway. But I think something that this movie demonstrates, and like what society has demonstrated over for the last decade and a half, two decades minimum, is like how terrible society is mm-hmm. and and can be and and you know there can be people out there who are trying to do better and it's like for what yeah oh um let's lighten it up a little bit is and there is first there... thing that the daughter asked was where's daddy mm-hmm. can't even imagine yeah. oh my god Oh, no. She was probably like around Jillian's age, right? She was in preschool, so she was younger. She seemed way fucking older than preschool. No, she was in preschool. She's probably five. Well, no, I don't think. Yeah, she wasn't in. Was kin- a, I don't think it was a preschool. I think that was just like a, a, a like a like a childcare center because you figure there's no school going on because it's New Year's. I, so I don't know. She, I mean, she was really fucking tall and really she fucking could be tall, n- like normal. She'd be tall and normal and be, still be five. You know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, know. it's not that our daughter is not <laughs> tall and normal, but I'm trying to see if it has, uh, does not say her age in here from what I can find. 
Um, yeah, I can't find it anywhere. So, uh, what I was going to say to lighten to lighten it up a little bit is there a place you can think of that you'd uh, want to be less on like New Year's or a holiday than like public transportation? Like that that whole scene, while it was seemed to be like jovial and people getting along up yeah. until like the the mm. the final moment of of it all, I was like, man, this seems like hell. Like if I was stuck yeah. on a fucking train at New Year's with yeah. people pulling speakers out of their backpack and people smoking and drinking and carrying on, like absolutely, it's it's terrible, but. We also don't live somewhere where there's highly used public transportation oh, like that. I hate it in general. Yeah, I know. Like, but like, had if we were in New York, we might view it differently, right? Like that's like a yeah. legitimate primary mode of transportation. Sure. I've only been on. So you figure I've been on the New York City subway a couple times, um, and it, it thankfully was not as bad. One time was. It's not essentially like by myself because I was with Rich. Um, uh, you were by yourself. <laughs> well, no, like, like I basically relied on him. So I was like, I didn't have any say in it because like he's used to public transportation and we were coming out of like a big sporting event and trying to meet people and it was just like way too much. Um, so I was like, no help is what I more so meant, not by myself. Well, yeah, you're, but, you're no help usually anyway, Having Chris. been on, thanks, having been on uh, Chicago's Metro, like, ton of times. I don't think there was a single time I was not on it where I was like, I can't wait to fucking get off of this. There was a one point, uh, former guest of the show, Spencer, pointed it out. I think it was three or four years in a row for Pod Slam. I would go up and I would be on the train and there was like a known guy who would come on the train and just walk through the cars and just shout like, anybody got any money out of that? Like, just like his whole totally bombed out of his mind homeless spiel uh-huh. like asking for money and being a general nuisance and agonizing and Spencer's like I literally see that guy like once a year and I think you've been here for every single time yeah and it's like I just have bad luck when it comes to like that type of shit so I would 100% be like oh I gotta use the fucking train on New Year's oh yeah absolutely, uh, and, absolutely. and you know I'm gonna be stuck with Chris I I hate taking the train that connects from the fucking arrivals to the the, the gate at the Orlando <laughs> airport. Okay, I don't. Well, that, I that's the most well, public I'm transportation the I get. Twice in the next five days. Well, no, but I mean that's fine. Mm, we'll see about that. I'm telling you, I'm just warning you in advance. Next week's episode, I'll probably have some fucking story about on the bright line. There was some guy who pissed himself, or some guy that. Well, fucking... you know. Okay, so there's. I have that story. The guy had like a thing when I went on there with Jillian. Remember when we were coming back up from Aventura, there was mm. a guy who f- fell over. He, like, had a, oh, right. a stroke or something, like, on the platform. Or, like, right when we were get- going to the platform. It was terrifying. Great. Well, good good sign. I'm just saying. I mean, like, that's not, like, normal, I don't think. Um, I mentioned the things that I had problems with or didn't like about the movie. Do you have anything? Um, yeah, I do, I think. I have, um, well, no, I mean, it's like, like you said before, it's like, it's like, it's the slice of life, right? Like, it's, 
Oh, it, it gets a bit mundane at times, but then it's like, well, but that's, that's it's life. That's life. Right. Yeah. So, um, I like seeing like the, um, family time, like when they all had the, the food, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. But you know, some of it, I feel it could have been a little bit tighter. Um, but otherwise I think it, I liked the use of flashbacks. Like I thought that they were done. At the right time. It was just the one. No, I think there were... Weren't there two? I thought there were two. No. He has the one when he's going... When he takes the drugs and he's going to go meet his friend and sell the drugs. He's at like the... um, The the, 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 the water. The water. And that's when he has the flashback to him in jail. And then he decides to get rid of the drugs. I thought there was another... Yeah, I thought that there was another one. Which, by the way... Bad friend, just if you're gonna just give it to him, <laughs> just give him all the drugs. Be like, hey man, here you go. That's not the, knock, that's not the point. I know it's not the point, but knock yourself out. <laughs> that's not the point. Um, no, there's not really much more I can talk about without getting into performances. Well, let's so. get into it. I mean, I think MVP is a, a slam. The dunk emotion, easy. it's like there was so much emotion without any emotion, which is like the epitome of like what that like hard, tough, like manly. Yeah. Vibe is supposed to be like Michael B. Jordan just does such an incredible job of being like so real and accessible. Yeah, um, I, already, I already said earlier on he goes from like the easiest going guy to like this crazy quote unquote gangbanger to like also being just like a scared lost kid, you know? Yeah, like, like it, mom, you're not even gonna give me a hug, like, yeah, you know, is then... is. is it's fascinating and the it, way that he is, the way that he really. plays his final moments too of like just you know like, you shot me I have a four year old daughter yeah, like like oh my god he, he's he's fantastic in this he's so, so good he's the MVP uh, he that'll be his second MVP um, his first one I think was for Chronicle he did not get one for the Creed franchise much much controversy around that but I I stand by that decision. Um... Other people I enjoyed in the movie. I mean, Octavia Spencer is always she. She is so solid. good. In she does that. a great job in the carrying the last ten minutes of the movie. She as really as she does, and just like, oh my god, she really does. Just um, when she sees him, it's heartbreaking as a mother. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, Melanie Diaz, I think, is also good. I've always liked her and everything. She's yeah. I think she's, I think she's, she's good. I, I I think she was a good foil for Michael B. Jordan and. It's not supposed to be about her, and I and I think she did such a good job of not, yeah, not trying to Agreed. overdo it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, um, in a no win situation, I think the both cops did a good job as well in terms of. Okay. Well, I mean, which two cops? The girl and the guy that were there at the beginning, or Chad Michael Murray? He's uh, the one who actually shot. Yeah, Chad Michael Murray does like absolutely nothing. I'm not referring to him. No, I'm talking oh. about the female cop, and I'm talking about the the main cop. That's yeah. really the one that incites the incident by being a loud, abrasive, racist piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I mean, the, I think we can say that about. Um, he he does a he does a fine job. I mean, of he does. doing all those things. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, so I wouldn't have any of them. So I, it's really not a, a heavy LVP movie. I have somebody. I think. I think I can easily convince you as to who they are. You gotta find who the fucking person is. But um, who do you have? Anybody? Not not immediately. No. 
Let's see if I can find who this is. Okay. Uh, so I'm going with uh, Darren Bridget as Peter. It's the guy who talks to Oscar while they're waiting for their oh the the white their, guy. their wives and girlfriends to uh, go to the bathroom. I think that movie was uh, that movie. I think that moment was kind of a swing and a miss to me because you needed a better actor in that moment to. Connect with connect with him and yeah. connect the importance of this moment and whatnot. And that actor was just kind of a fucking background actor that just got a few lines, and that was really it. Okay. And I, I was not. I mean, I didn't really have anybody. I can agree with that. I didn't have anybody else. I liked all the Oscars friends. They all were, you know. They they were they all, all rightfully hysterical. But but also like uh, you know indignant. a couple of them. All, but also, even before that, they, you know, had good camaraderie with oh, him. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, They had yes. each other own little personalities. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I didn't have any problems with, with any of, of them either. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he was the only one that I kind of had. That works for me. Okay, so Darren Bridget. Yeah. He's the, uh, the LVP of Fruit Valley Station. I do want to just talk real quick about one scene and, like, what you think it meant. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are... I did do a little bit of, of research and reading about this stuff. Um, but, you know, that after the um, uh, hustle on, on, on the platform, the hustle and bustle on the platform, and he gets shot, and then they spend... A good solid minute, minute and a half of the reaction of that of Chad Michael Murray of that that officer who who did mm-hmm. the shooting and like his reaction to it and like what he does in those in that minute that follows is just uh, continue to handcuff him and um, I think that was a point of contention um, in terms of the validity of it. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are more accounts that it was actually what happened. Um, but I thought that spending that time and like being in that moment really did a. a I, I hate to say like words like wonderful because nothing about it's wonderful, but a um, really sufficient job of like. Driving home the absurdity of what just happened. Like right. and, and then dude's still gonna handcuff him. Yep. Like for for what? Yep. Uh, it's the more things change. The more they stay the same. Yep. So yeah, I I, I think that's why I kinda wanted the real life phone footage like after instead of before because I like that in like biopics or the movies when they show you like the the Oh, because you like biopics now. No, I don't. But oh. when you see the uh the clips of or like the photos of the real life people or like the epilogues or whatever, it drives home it helps solidify what the movie accomplished and did. Um and I think it would have been nice to see it in this case because of you're able to see 
the awfulness in fiction and then the awfulness in reality and how closely they mirror one another. Whereas they're so yeah. far apart in this case that it's hard to wrap your head around it. And again, that might be purposeful. Like you kind of said, you weren't sure what the purpose was for you know dwelling on you know his reaction and his action and what he's doing. But you know, I possibly could have been even more powerful done another way. So. Okay. Anything else on Fruitvale Station? Um. No, I think I think we covered everything. I think this makes... Uh, have you cried every episode this year? Every episode I've cried. <laughs> I was like, I know you did Won't, Won't You Be My Neighbor. I'm sure you did on Guardians as well. I did. And, and I, I, in... I think you cried on Oppenheimer I, as well. I did. Perfect. I did. Wonderful. I Fantastic. cried on everything. Well, this... Uh, I miss the days when we used to have uh, the physical cards where we could mark down uh, what movies you've cried into because um, we would do the same thing for the podcast itself. So this is... This is fun. This is a good, uh, good trend that we're going on here. Is um, uh, it's going to end soon with the Jackass movies and Mac and me. So that that's good. no. I'm going to cry out of sheer like pain. We're well, going you're going to cry out of of laughter from no. Jackass movies. We already fucking Rumble Weekend. We finally broke you down and watched like two or three Jackass clips with the boys, and you were laughing your I ass off. I wasn't in the right frame of mind. Not for all of them. You Only should... for like one of them. For the fucking, for the high five. Yeah, no, that one and was And for funny. Silence of the Lambs is funny fuck too. No, I don't think I watched, did I watch Silence of That's the Lambs? That's the one with the, the, the night vision and the snake and the pots and pans and everything. No, I don't remember All right, that. Well, just, well, you have to, it's in the last movie, so you'll get there. Oh, great. Give me your score for Fruitvale Station. I mean, look, I think it's a fantastic movie. It's, it's heavy, um, but I think the acting's great, directing's great, um. Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I'm giving it an eight. Um, because, yeah, I think it is a very, very good, well-rounded film that tells a tragic story in a captivating and compelling way with some great direction and some great performances that, like I said before... I felt could have used a little bit more of TLC when it comes to thinking of its audience and thinking of itself as a movie, not necessarily as a statement. That, that's all I will say. Um, but I still think it was. If still think it's great. So at eight point two five for Fruitball Station. Though so far this would be, this is the worst movie we watched this year. I was gonna just which say is that. absurd. I was just um, gonna but say with that. the three movies we've watched, I, I I think there is a case to be made that that is the case. Um, so things get lighter from here this year, folks. Like we talked about already on this podcast between Mac and me and the Jackass movies and Top Gun. Uh, but let's see what could happen here. So what I was referencing earlier was right as the podcast was beginning, um, I got a text from a uh, friend and former guest on the show, Steve Real, referencing the film Collision Course by, not by, but uh, starring Pat Morita and Jay Leno. And he said, uh, whenever you do this movie, uh, I want in. And we could very well draw this movie right now because, yes, I do own this movie. And I don't think it's ever come up with Steve that I own this movie. And it was nominated last year on this podcast. And you obviously did not pick it. I don't know what you picked instead. I don't know. Uh, so there's a good chance that this number could come up right now and we could draw this movie and that would be the craziest That'd coincidence on human history 
So if you could please pull up the random number generator. Yep, what am I? uh, One and 108. Okay, random number generator between 1 and 108. Okay, are we ready? I'm ready. 59. It's not going to be that. (laughs) Oh, man. Unfortunately, 59. Yeah. Okay, so 20, 56, 57, 58. Ooh, okay. Damn, we're just killing it this year. Let me just make sure. Hold on. 20, this is 28. So 28 times 2 is 56, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 57, 50, you said 59? Yeah, 59. Okay. The movie is Inside Man. Oh, okay. Oh, I like this movie. Inside Man is one of my favorite rewatchable movies from the past like 20 years. Inside Man is like a awesome cable movie. Is yeah, that you, our... had that, you had that big poster in your... Uh... It's a great movie. It might be, is this our first Spike Lee movie we've done? No. I'm almost positive. We haven't done Do the Right Thing. We haven't done Malcolm X. We haven't done Bamboozled. We haven't done... We played that game, Bamboozled. Five Bloods. A totally different. Uh, yeah. Haven't done... I guess it must be our... Nice. All right. So we're going to be doing Inside Man. Um, that might be... That very well may be our next episode because it's just in terms of the easiness of... Of the watch. Watching it and what we have going on. Um, yeah. That could very well be... As of right now, it wouldn't be until the end of March. Uh, which I don't necessarily want to have to wait that long to watch it, number one. And um, number two, uh, the next three episodes would technically need to be us watching seven movies, and we have a lot going on. We so have too much going on. To we'll see. That. And also, we have to watch Mac and Me with Jillian, so that's going to gonna be a little bit, uh, more difficult to, to manage or handle. So Absolutely. maybe uh, check Inside Man out next week. And eventually we'll get. Uh, we'll get to something else eventually. Well, I was say at the end of at this rate, at the end of the year, our like mullet award for worst movie is gonna be like fucking. And it'll be Mac and Me. Don't worry. <laughs> well, that's why I I don't want to have to keep nominating shit movies in order for us just to have stuff you know content uh-huh. for that that episode. So, damn collision course so close. Um. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married of Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Make sure you're voting for the Mullet Awards. Arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets. You have uh, just about a month, a little under a month left to um, get your votes in for that. We still have a few ties going on, so let's break those ties, people. I uh, checked it today. Um, I think we have like six ties, so hopefully some votes will come in and those will get uh, get cleaned up there. Facebook.com slash MarriedMovies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter, MarriedMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. You can find me at your host, Mult30, on Instagram for you. At Jam with your Sam. And, uh, yeah. That is gonna do it. Anything else? No. I think we covered it all. Very good. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy almost 17 years together. Happy almost 17 Ugh. years together. I was going to be nice and you had to make that noise. Well, not not because of you. What is, uh, you know, like the anniversary? Like, what is, like, what you give somebody on their way? What is the 17 I don't know, a fucking anniversary gift? Let's see what it says. Arsenic. It is supposed to be furniture. All right. I want a new chair upstairs. Next year's porcelain. Okay. Get you a creepy porcelain doll. If you give me a creepy porcelain doll, I will.
forever hide it in places and scare you. That's what we just do to each other now. I know. It is. It is. So that would be fun. Fine. All right. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I'm going to buy furniture and hide it from you. <laughs> I almost I almost said, that's been all for this year's episode. Only one this year. Only one this year. That's what I feel like sometimes. <laughs>